Hi, I'm Dr. Alicia Armistead. Welcome to Healing Arts Podcast, Live Well, Eat Well, Be Well. Today, I wanted to talk to you about stress. And I've talked about stress in previous podcasts, but I've never put stress and detox together. And I do a lot of information about detox as well. I have a podcast on heavy metals detox, heavy chemical detox, how to support the liver to detox. And I feel like that's what I do all day long in the office. For I'm a chiropractor who specializes in nutrition And I help patients feel better by giving their body the right nutritional support and lifestyle changes to get rid of toxins. I do muscle testing, and I muscle test specifically for heavy metals, toxic chemicals, parasites, viruses, bad bacteria, mold, and food sensitivities. And all of these things could actually be in the body toxic, hindering the body's health. What I don't test for, and I wish I did, was stress. If I could put relaxation in a pill, I highly think, no, I know more than 80% of my patients would need it. Maybe it's because I work in New York City, but boy, does stress play a big part in my patient's health. There are patients with anxiety ranging from panic attacks to low-grade stress causing muscle tension or headaches. There are patients with depression so severe that they can't keep a job. They have trouble getting out of bed. They get overwhelmed with washing the dishes. Most of the time, whether the patient identifies it or not, what they're going through is usually a combination of anxiety and depression. Western medicine looks at anxiety and depression as two separate things, but I see the big picture where there is a stressor in somebody's life, whether it's your job, relationship with your mother, finances, could be anything. We all have different stressors. And in trying to manage it, our stress response leads us down a road of persistent worry and excessive fear. With the mind locked in that intensity, it's all consuming, and the body responds by pumping out too much adrenaline, causing a physical stress response on the body. The heart rate goes fast, rapid breathing, maybe it's insomnia, sweating palms, maybe it's fatigue. The body just starts getting out of the whack and you can't control it. When symptoms also include feelings of hopelessness, feeling sad, loss of interest in activities you once enjoyed, lack of concentration, or feelings of guilt or worthlessness, we call this depression. Anxiety and depression are both stress responses that to feel better, you must look at and heal the underlying stress. The key word in that sentence actually is you. You need to heal. No one can do this healing for you. You must do it. And the longer you ignore going within and looking at the fear and working through it, the harder it gets. Denial is a great coping mechanism, and it's one main reason why we end up with anxiety and depression. We don't want to actually look at our stressors or our feelings. And denial does have its uses for when we are going through a lot of stress. Denial can be good at keeping us going, but it gets to a point where the denial is no longer helping and only hindering the healing that we have to do. So if only you can heal the anxiety and depression, 
But how do you do that? Let's first think about when you wake up in the morning. What are your first thoughts as you roll out of bed? Do your depressed or anxious thoughts start then? Do your stressful thoughts have anything to do with how your body feels? I tend to get a yes to that question only if the person is in pain or is afraid something is wrong with their health. If we are feeling fine, we tend to ignore the body and go on with our day. We can't be bothered by the body. In our office at Healing Arts, we try to change that awareness. We teach people to be aware of the food that they eat, to make healthy choices, and also be aware of the chemicals and heavy metals that they use in their daily life. We want them to become aware of the body and the choices that they make on their health. This change in awareness is about taking your health into your own hands and making those daily choices to create health in the body. To have this awareness takes dedication, a determination, and also self-love to confront the body and take care of it. It takes courage to really look at ourselves, our body, and do something healthy. That's why a lot of people actually don't come to our office unless their body is screaming at them. The body screams in the form of a symptom. It's only when there's a headache or a stomach ache, weeks of insomnia, constipation, etc. that people make an appointment. That is the majority of people. That is how we're trained. The actuality of going to a doctor when there's nothing wrong, when you're healthy, it doesn't cross people's mind. Many doctors are trained in disease. They don't even know what to do if you are healthy. If you don't have a symptom, they don't have any advice for you. Yet, as consumers, we should have a new goal. Our goal should be to keep the health we have. Preventative health care is the best health care. When we bring people's awareness to their lifestyle and want to help them make change that would improve their health, part of the goal is to help them build their intuition with their bodies and help them identify their stress. Listening to their body and what the body is trying to tell them is a new skill for most people, and it's a skill set that can be learned. When listening to the body, I don't want to deepen the mind-body connection. Instead, I want to get my patients out of their mind and their stressful thoughts and into the body. In the body is where your true power lies, and meditation has it right. That's why meditation is so powerful. The goal in meditation is to quiet the mind, and we do that by concentrating on the breath. This concentration on the breath gets us into the body, and it is there that we find our center, the center that is beyond the mind and beyond the body. That center is where our peace is, no matter what's going on around us. This center is our soft voice that is forever loving. This center is our spirit or our higher self or love. Call it whatever you like. Every religion has a different name for it. It is our center beyond anything in this physical world. And we want to be able to be connected to that center. The book by Eckhart Tolle, The Power of Now, talks about how the body loves our attention. It even states that the more consciousness you bring into the body, the stronger the immune system becomes. I find this to be true, but let me specify that our body loves our positive attention. 
It loves to be loved, not judged. So watch your thoughts. You think loving thoughts towards your body and you believe the body has the power to heal itself and it will. If you think negative thoughts about your body, this is when disease can occur. For every thought you have causes a neurochemical change, and sometimes it's temporary and sometimes it's lasting. For instance, science has shown when people consciously practice gratitude, they get a surge of rewarding neurotransmitters in the brain like dopamine, which makes us feel good. Studies have also shown that thoughts alone can improve vision, fitness, and strength. And the placebo effect is a great example of fake operations and fake drugs actually working because of the power of thought. And mindfulness, having that awareness, really does change brain chemistry and the way that their neurons are stimulated. So it changes brain circuitry. The changes in brain chemistry and the way the neurons fire results in real physiological and cognitive outcomes, such as less fatigue, elevated hormone levels, and reduced anxiety. Exercise can really help too. I often tell patients to exercise for better stress management. I used to think that exercise helped get the stress off the body by changing the biochemistry of the brain. But now I realize that exercise reduces stress by getting people to stop thinking and instead putting their attention into the body. This change in attention from whatever is going on in the mind to the body allows feedback from the body to the brain so that exercise encourages the production of the good feel hormones and neurotransmitters like dopamine, norepinephrine, and serotonin. Exercise also produces endorphins. In this way, exercise is nature's antidepressant, and it really is good for helping people with all sorts of things like ADHD, insomnia, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, blood sugar imbalances, hormone imbalances, not just anxiety or depression. You name it and exercise can help because it gets you to pay attention to the body and the body responds by changing the brain chemistry. The way to a healthier, happier life is by embracing the body, loving the body. Start having a positive relationship with your body by checking in with it and listening to it. If it's hungry, feed it healthy food. If it is full, step away from eating. If it's tired, go to bed at a decent hour. If you know your body doesn't do well with coffee, then skip the coffee. There's so many choices we make a day to either help or hinder our body. Be compassionate with yourself and your body. And know your only goal is to make a better choice than yesterday and that we're here to help. Bring awareness to your daily choices and your stressful thoughts. Yet awareness sometimes isn't enough. Have you ever been aware of needing to do the dishes for three days, but you decide to watch TV instead? I have. Or have you been aware enough of a problem with someone at work, but you still get stuck in your thoughts and go down that rabbit hole? With awareness, we can't get stuck in our thoughts. 
We need to release them, let them go. I know, easier said than done. So what do you do when faced with something that gives you stress? Well, it helps to name the feeling that the stress creates. Maybe it frightens you. Maybe it makes you sad or lonely. Maybe it makes you upset or frustrated or downright pissed off. So anger is a feeling lots of people have actually trouble identifying with because I guess culturally, nice people aren't supposed to be angry. So we don't allow ourselves to actually feel it or express it. And anger, it's not a bad feeling. It allows us to know that there's something, you know, off, you know, either within ourselves or within a situation. It's almost like a warning signal. Beep, beep, beep. You know, when you feel anger, it's just like, okay, time to check in, see what's going on. It's how we express our anger, I think, that makes it either healthy or not healthy. Have you ever had a bad day at work and went home and took it out on a loved one? Well, that's misplaced anger and that's not healthy. Or you've been so upset with someone and tried to brush it off over and over again until one day you explode. That too is unhealthy. First, when you tried to ignore it and use denial, and then second, when you explode. And that's what we're taught with our feelings in general. Ignore them. You know, we're told never to cry or act on them, but we usually do it in inappropriate ways. A good book, actually, to explain what to do with our feelings and how to act on them in a healthy, helpful way is called the Sedona Method. When you feel anger inside, that's nothing to be worried about. Just know that it's a normal reaction to something that needs to change. But just know that that something that usually needs to change is usually you, a perspective that needs to shift or maybe an expectation that needs to be let go of. Do the inner work. Look and see how you can change your thinking where you might be stuck and learn to let go. Besides the inner work, also give anger a place to move up and out of your body. All your emotions need to move up and out. Talking to a good friend can help any emotion move. And for a healthy body and mind, that's what we need to do. Move our emotions, for that's what our feelings are. Emotion is energy in motion. E-motion. Crying is a way of releasing and getting emotion to move. Going for a walk after a dispute always seems to clear my head and make me feel better. And with anger or general upset, I've actually taught my 12-year-old daughter pillow therapy and literally just scream into a pillow. And it's that screaming that moves the energy for sure. A patient just told me about how she likes to take a tennis racket to the bed and just hit the bed. I'm sure that feels good too. Another way to get out our emotions is by journaling. A lot of people say, you know, I don't know what to write. I don't think journaling will help me. But I promise you, just set the timer for 10 minutes. It doesn't even need to be longer than that. And then just start writing and see what comes out. It's a process called automatic writing. And it'll be really interesting to actually see what comes out. It's almost like 
the subconscious comes out into the writing. And while you try to write, it's really good just to take deep breaths to center. Breathing exercises themselves can actually be good for releasing stress. When you're breathing, you're not necessarily feeling your feelings, but with deep breathing, you are stimulating the parasympathetic nervous system, which is that part of the autonomic nervous system that gets you out of fight or flight. So it can help you on a physical level reduce the stress. We literally have to learn to feel our feelings in order to move it up and out of our body. Otherwise, these feelings, anger, sadness, loneliness, get stuck in our bodies. And over time, they will wreak havoc and cause physical symptoms. A book that taught me about this concept is called Feelings Buried Alive Never Die, if you want more information. With stuck emotions, this is how we self-sabotage or go into addictions. It's how anxiety and depression actually start to form. The addictions numb us. I mean, that's why we like it. We don't want to actually feel our feelings and we have to go back for more. And that's how we get hooked. Whether it's an addiction to alcohol or food or TV or work, if you're using something in excess to avoid your feelings, that's an addiction to me. The way out of depression or anxiety or an addiction is to have the courage to feel your feelings. And sometimes that's just so overwhelming. People don't even know where to start. That's why I say you have to have the courage. Easiest thing to do is try to purposely set some time aside in order to feel your feelings. Just like you set time aside to eat lunch or take a shower pencil in your schedule, crying time or pillow therapy or journaling. It's that important. It's as important as taking a shower or eating if you ask me. And don't do it only when you feel crappy. Do it even when things are good and you're feeling good and you're feeling content. I would still schedule in self-reflection time to keep things that way. Think of it as a maintenance program to prevent stress bringing awareness to how you are really feeling is important. This is how you feel your feelings and you're able to shift perspectives when necessary. Without the daily check-in, I think that's when we get into trouble and we just start running on automatic and we won't have the mindfulness and we won't really feel our feelings until they're overwhelming. When you are on a healing journey and you are aware of your choices that you're trying to make, and yet you have a desired outcome in your health, be aware that controlling your body doesn't work. Because I mean, we don't have control over 90% of what our body does. The biochemical, digestive, cardiovascular, neurological, metabolic. I mean, there's so many aspects of healing that we don't have control over. We just need to do our best and surrender the rest. You don't surrender out of weakness. You instead surrender because you know that there's something greater out there than you that has the ultimate say. This higher power, call it spirit, call it God, call it universe. It's the reason you take your next breath. 
The breath is that delicate, and yet we all take it for granted. The surrendering, it's your strength. And letting go and making peace with whatever happens is trusting in this greater power that does love you. And even if what you're going through doesn't feel very loving, you need to know that it's for a reason. Make peace with the fact that you do not know and that what you're going through does serve a purpose. With the peace that you find in doing your best and yet surrendering, the body does calm down. With less stress, there is less inflammation and more flow. The flow is what is needed for the body to work. This allows the biochemical, cardiovascular, neurological to get back to optimal. In this way, your health is in your own hands. If you do not surrender, then you have an expectation. You are either expecting that what you do will work and you're hopeful, or it won't work and you're hopeless. Either way, expectations lock energy and flow will slow down. Expectations are never healthy for yourself or for others. It's not fair to anyone to hold them up to an illusionary standard, including your body. It's healthiest if you stay in the moment, open to all possibilities, and just be the observer. This is the power of now. With an expectation, you have a certain idea that you want to see happen. This idea makes us feel safe and makes us feel loved, and in some way, we expect our needs to be met. But if our expectation is not met, we don't feel safe. We don't feel like we're getting our needs met and upset occurs. But what if what is happening is meeting our needs and is more loving than even we can think of, but we don't see it because we're so busy being upset because it doesn't look the way that we think it should look. This is how expectations cause unnecessary stress, and we need to learn to let go of them. We also need to learn to make peace with what we don't have control over. Yet, an optimistic mind can make a difference. So, with the 10% that you do have control over, choose optimism. And at the same time, surrender the other 90% you don't have control over. What 10% do we have control over? Well, you have control over what you eat, what time you go to bed, what products you use, how often you exercise. This 10% can keep you busy and your goal is to give this 10% your 100%. Do your best. Do your 100%. So do what you can to find peace within yourself not from outside circumstances. The formula is to find peace by doing your best, giving life 100%, and at the same time surrendering. I know the formula, it's just hard to execute. But once executed, the body calms down, and with less stress, more flow. More flow literally means electrons are released from nerves traveling easier, Red and white blood cells move easier, and it's this flow that's needed in the body to work and to be healthy. 
This allows the biochemical cardiovascular neurological to be optimal. And then by eating well, sleeping well, exercising, and good stress management, you have good health. If you have anxiety or depression, or you're just stuck in survival mode and have forgotten how to truly live, truly living is full of inspiration and happiness. Trust me, that happiness and inspiration is within yourself. Do not look for it outside somewhere or in someone else. The answers are not outside of yourself. Only you can make yourself happy. And that's the question you should ask yourself every day. What will make me happy? Not that instant gratification happy, but that soul-searching happiness that I like to call joy. You do have control over that. You do have to do the inner work to get there. And we can help. I truly believe when someone is eating healthy, exercising, supporting the body with the right nutrition, well, and especially for the adrenal glands, which are the stress glands, and for the brain too, then anxiety and depression can be helped. For more information on adrenal health, listen to my podcast called Your Body Speaks to You, Stress Reduction. And for brain support, listen to my podcast called Good Chemistry. If you take care of yourself, the inner work becomes easier. And there's actually a really great technique called Psych-K too that can help when you know that you have limiting beliefs or maybe something stuck in the subconscious where you can't get past. And Psych-K is a great technique to help with that. And if you don't already, pencil in your self-reflection time to feel your feelings and let that go. Start with your journaling, maybe add in pillow therapy, meditate, practice gratitude, and your body will thank you.